Welcome to Talking HR Compliance, a podcast made for small businesses. We're going to spend the next 15 minutes, give or take, talking about HR and employment law matters. But you probably know them better as those things you can never keep track of and are always causing you trouble. If that sounds like you, then you've come to the right place. Sit back and let our HR and employment law experts do the talking. Hello and welcome to Talking HR Compliance. I'm Jamie Lazat, the HR and Tax Compliance Solutions Manager at ComplyRight, as well as your host for this podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to be answering some questions surrounding COVID-19. But before we even jump into things, I first want to let all of our listeners know that we at ComplyRight are staying on top of all the laws and regulations coming out surrounding COVID-19. So make sure to follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and check out our website to stay up to date. Now, we all know we are in unprecedented times, and we know there are many questions that business owners have about just managing and maneuvering through all of this. And first and foremost, we hope that everyone out there is, you know, that's listening is practicing social distancing and following the recommendations of the CDC in order to protect yourselves and your employees. So let's jump into these questions now, and hopefully I can answer some of your, um, you know, the many pressing questions that you have about how to maneuver through the current situation that we're all experiencing, this COVID-19 pandemic. And the first question that I have here to answer is, what should we communicate to employees about the COVID-19 virus? Well, this does depend on your company, and this is definitely changing by day to day as well. Um, In general, you should communicate the measures that you're taking internally um, to help limit the spread of the disease, um, changes to any scheduling or hours of operation that you have, whether uh, remote work will be permitted, um, and if so, uh, the rules around working remotely, and then, of course, any travel restrictions your business has. Um, You also need to discourage employees from coming to work if they have been exposed to the virus or they exhibit any symptoms of the virus. Um, and address how the company is going to handle absences relating to the pandemic crisis. Now, this includes absences um, that where they have to care for others, um, even childcare obligations due to school closings. Um, And then finally, you should address whether absences will be paid or unpaid and whether employees must use their accrued PTO for such absences. Um, Now, federal, state, and local laws may dictate whether the time off is paid or unpaid and whether that leave is job protected. Um, And I will be talking a little bit later about the FFCRA that just came out, that Families First Coronavirus Response Act. And that does indicate some paid time off that that, um, employees are obligated um, to. So you want to stay on and pay attention. Our next question here is, can I make an employee go home if they feel sick or are coughing? Well, that's definitely a great question, Um, and the answer is absolutely. You can require employees who feel sick or appear to be sick to leave your workplace, and the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, or CDC, they actually state that employees who exhibit influenza-like symptoms at work um, during a pandemic like this should leave the workplace. Um, You may also require employees exhibiting symptoms to get medical clearance before they're able to return back to work in the office. Our next question here is, can I tell other employees if an employee has tested positive for the virus? 
Um, well, you can, but you have to make sure to be very careful when doing so because you want to make sure um, that you do so without revealing the employee's name. Um, you should definitely notify the affected empl- any affected employees, um, like anyone who has worked closely with the employee, um, immediately if there is potential exposure. That way, um, if they need to get tested or anything like that, um, they can or if they need to self-quarantine. So it is important that you notify anyone um, that that could be potentially affected, but you want to make sure that you notify or share the information without revealing employees' names. Um, That is protected information. The next question here is, do I have to pay employees if I send them home? Well, uh, this is definitely a good question as well, um, but it does depend on several factors, including state and local laws. Um, Also, uh, I just mentioned earlier that the new federal law, which is, again, the Family's First Coronavirus Response Act, Uh, or um, FFCRA, I should say, Um, that was signed on March 18th, and that requires certain employers to provide emergency paid leave and other benefits for qualifying absences related to the pandemic. Otherwise, um, the usual FLSA guidelines, they do still apply, and it would depend on the employee's status um, being whether they're exempt or non-exempt. Um, But generally speaking, under the federal law, you would not be permitted to reduce the weekly salary amount for an exempt employee in this scenario, but you could require employees to use their existing PTO banks to avoid any unpaid leave. The next question here is, does the FMLA apply? Um, And yes, it could apply if your business is covered by the Family and Medical Leave Act um, and the employee meets the FMLA eligibility requirements. Now, in general, if the eligible employee or the employee's child, uh, their spouse or parent is infected, then the worker would be entitled to FMLA leave. And additionally, uh, the newly enacted FFCRA, um, that act expands FMLA protections. It covers childcare obligations due to school closings, and it provides other benefits on a temporary basis through December 31st of this year. Uh, The next question here is, does the ADA apply? Um, And this actually is generally no. Um, The virus is not considered a permanent disability. Um, However, um, an argument may be, you know, it may be made that the ADA is implicated where the virus substantially limits a major life activity, um, such as breathing. And we all know that uh, difficulty breathing is actually one of the um, symptoms Um, But also, ADA coverage could be triggered if an employer regards an employee with COVID-19 as being disabled, um, even if the condition itself does not meet the law's definition of a disability. So um, if you are questioning um, an employee um, asking about this or anything like that, if you are unsure, it's always best to consult um, an employment attorney to make sure that you go about this the right way. The next question here is, does disability insurance apply? And yes, if, if the employee has the virus, um, he or she could, could seek short-term disability insurance benefits as a result of that. Um, and employees with existing health conditions or even uh, compromised immune systems who cannot work because you know, they, uh, they have fear of contracting the virus, um, they could also seek disability insurance as well. Our next question is, uh, can we restrict employee travel? Um, great question. Uh, a lot of businesses have already done this. Um, but yes, you can modify your travel policy as you see fit. Highly recommended right now um, if, it, if you have not already done it. 
Um, but this is definitely a good time to institute a, institute a policy requiring conference um, or even video calls for all meetings um, involving travel. And even those for local customers, um, even if you are still allowing employees to work in the office, it's a good idea if you have more than a few employees meeting to even still use video calls or conference calls to meet rather than get, gather in a large group in a um, conference room. Um, and a couple more questions that we have here. Um, the next one is, what do we do if an employee refuses to come to work? Uh, well, you know, employees are scared. Um, they're definitely in fear now, and uh, we have to tread this lightly. But it, it depends on the reason, um, the nature of the job, and other risk factors. Um, but various federal, state, and local laws do protect employee absences in certain instances. Um, OSHA actually protects workers from coming to work if they fear that they're in imminent danger. But I do have to say that that is subject to interpretation and specific risk factors. Um, so again, if you're unsure, it's always best to um, uh, con consult an employment attorney um, to get the, the correct answer um, because every situation could be different. Um, there may also be implications, though, under the National Labor Relations Act, even in non-union settings. Um, so even though the law may not specifically protect workers who refuse to work, employers should be very cautious about taking any disciplinary action for unexcused absences based on the fear of exposure, um, and especially for individuals who may be at high risk of this virus. And our last question that we have coming in here today um, on our podcast is, what should I do if I must establish a temporary remote work situation? Um, I know a lot of businesses have. Um, you have tons of employees working remotely. It's not your normal situation. Um, but this is a great question. Um, and the most important thing here is to develop a remote work policy as soon as possible. And your policy should set clear expectations for your employees. Uh, for example, can every employee work from home or are there personnel who must continue to report to the workplace? Um, do teleworkers always have to be available during working hours? Um, how will meetings occur and will all remote employees have access to the necessary technology? Um, those are important questions that your employees are going to want answered um, and you're going to need to know in order to make sure that um, they understand what it means to work remotely. And also, for non-exempt employees, it's important that you establish rules for tracking hours of work and managing overtime, especially if you know you know that you're not going to be making enough money to pay overtime. You need to make sure that that is clearly stated um, in a policy. And finally, it's important to establish a mechanism, mechanism for communicating regular status updates to all workers, and that includes those working from home. You want to make sure that you continue to keep your employees engaged just as much as you did when they were working in the office. Um, so, you know, uh, video calls, checking in on them, and having, that clear, having those clear communication channels is very important. Well, that is all I have for today's podcast, but I do want to thank everybody out there for tuning in and listening. I hope I was able to answer your pressing questions coming in about COVID-19. And again, I hope everybody is staying safe out there, practicing social distancing, um, and continuing to keep uh, um, your business up to date by checking out our website, complyright.com listening to our podcasts and following us on all social media platforms to make sure that you remain compliant during these unprecedented times. So tune in to us uh, in our next podcast. Uh, we are actually doing a webinar on 
um, the topic of COVID-19 in the workplace at the end of April. So be on the lookout for that webinar and listen because we will be talking about the Families First Coronavirus Response Act in a lot more detail and probably answering many more pressing questions that you have. So again, thank you. Stay safe out there. And until next time, happy complying. Thanks for tuning in to Talking HR Compliance. If you still want more, you can subscribe, review, share with your friends. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Make sure you don't miss any future episodes of Talking HR Compliance.